Diamonds with diamonds when all of my team got his body Think I ain't intelligent In the homicide you an interrogation Ask some questions, you know I ain't time shit Bitches taught me a job all American I'm at the top of my class on my letterman Now remember back in college Bitches knocking on my dorm door I ain't never let them in Now you know that this cap know I hit a few Ain't no job, I'm selling gas I ain't drinking low I had a free use to blow out Boyfriend in class I hear her from the back like We're back We're back and we're live Live and in the flesh February 22nd is when this is being recorded 2020. 2020. For, for those future listeners. Yeah, future listeners. Future listeners are going to fucking love all the shout-outs. Yeah, they are. This is, it's probably the their favorite part about our, about digging into the archives. Yeah. In fact, I'm reading their, uh, I'm reading their comments right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and they're loving it. <laughs> um, okay, so this is, we, we, the uh, agenda for today's episode has been put together roughly, um, what? Five minutes ago? Yeah. Yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hot takes. Yeah. There'll be a lot of hot takes rather than thought out takes. Uh, but what, we're going to start with, um... I think we'll start with, like, we do a brief, like, catch it, like, catch up on the Democratic primary. Just highlights. Right, right, right. And now we're in the middle of that silly since, season. Since time, since we last talked, officially recorded talked, what's happened? We, the, the debate... The debate, the Nevada debate. Now, impeccable. Right. The, the New Hampshire primary had happened last time. Did it happen? Yeah. He had, Bernie had won the popular vote in two states. Two and, states. But Pete, I think, has one delegate on him from Iowa. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but it's still like polling horribly the rest of the country. I think that's the, the shtick of it. Yeah. Um, and Bloomberg's in now. Well, Bloomberg's, yeah, he's, he's definitely in, but he's still not in the ballot. He's, he's not on Nevada. Not in Nevada or South Carolina. He's not in South Carolina he's either. Super Tuesday only. No. Yeah, he's just. You, a full you could just give up on Nevada and South Carolina. I mean, I understand Iowa, New Hampshire. I think is he not so big, but South Carolina is a pretty big state. No. No, I think it was just like he didn't want to compete on the airwaves in those states, so he just had seeded those four, first four states and said, "You spend all your money there. I'm going for big. You know, I'm going to spend all my money on these other states where." Oh, that's hilarious. And he's bought up the airwaves. Classic those. mini Mike Bloomberg. Just getting it done. Getting it just done. Mike. Mike gets it done. Technocratic, you know, data data first yeah. approach. Well, that data first approach uh, <laughs> did not did not quite prepare him for the debate. <laughs> yeah, the last debate where he got absolutely torpedoed <laughs> by everyone on stage. There was not a candidate on the stage who didn't get in a, a solid body blow on yeah, which on the a, mayor, which I guess we expected, but it we it, it lived up to the hype. It, oh, yeah. it definitely lived up to the hype, which oh. is just. You don't get that very often. No, that was, I mean, I've seen, I'm sure you've read all the headlines too. Like we're, you know, so I was saying before that we recorded, we recorded that this isn't like, you know, we're a few days past the debate, so not exactly fresh news. That being said, I, it's like we've gotten a nice week and a half of like digestion in our, in our political headlines. And I think the consensus is that he just absolutely bombed. People were writing that it was one of the worst debate performances ever. Uh, and I think the people who are more, think he still has a shot the take is debates don't matter. Yeah, that's the only. That's take. the only. The only possible defense of, of the Bloomberg campaign <laughs> is that debates don't matter. Trump sucked at debates too, and he could still win this, even though admitting that he had one of the the most horrific debate performances. Yeah, and he, he kind of assumed it was going to be rough for him, but it was it was honestly. It Liz was, Warren. Liz, Liz and I think bless her heart, she came in and she came in hot. She just came, that was and, every, and that's the other big takeaway is that that was. If I if I if we had had that Elizabeth Warren the whole time, last two months three months, 
it'd be a different primary. Yeah, 100%. Because she was hard, ruthless, like interrogation status. Like the way she used to interrogate like the Goldman bankers. Yeah. And the Senate hearings and stuff. Yeah. Like she did that. To Old my, school. Old school Liz Warren. Which is like nice. This yeah. is what the underground Liz Warren fans have always been champion, championing. Yeah, that was, that was exactly. Wasn't this like whatever yeah, yeah her folksy like her let, me, folksy. let me tell you a story yeah. about my pappy yeah uh, down on the which nobody even believes it's like everybody's just like come on my great grandmother was a school teacher oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just like can we just you know this is kind of a crisis right now politically yeah, yeah. like or, or the world seems to be falling apart we don't really need to relate to you yeah clearly that's no longer like small town yeah. type of way no longer you know carries the same weight since uh well, our current president's origin story has none of that, so and he's managed to secure. Yeah, the I would like to just put uh, put that phony folks. phony origin <laughs> stories for like presidential. Just retire candidates. that. Retire that whole like, oh, Remember that back in the day when they, you know, like you know how back, you know, like all the slogans that you, that rhyme, like Tippecanoe and Tyler too, all of those things <laughs> yeah. that the presidential campaigns used to do that were that are now so like quaint. Yeah, I, just, like yeah I like Ike. Yeah, I like. Let's just take folksy origin stories about your hard-working blue-collar parents yeah and just retire them retire and, completely and just admit that they're silly because all these people are professional politicians who grew up in the beltway anyways yeah i mean and, who, <laughs> and who's watching in the in 2020 i don't care how far you know you are how how little information you're that you're getting like who's watching any of these candidates and thinking they're like oh yeah that guy's like me or that, yeah. that woman's like me yeah, yeah this is a relatable we have a sim we're similar we come from the same same yeah, background, same type, same type of uh, life struggles, and you know, very relatable. Just like not happening. No, you just pick your con artist. Pick yeah, yeah, your yeah. fucking which superhero do you want to stand behind? <laughs> which elite do you want to? You know, yeah. Who are you gonna pledge pledge your allegiance to? Oh yeah. my god, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was Liz, that was that. So yeah, Liz, Liz crushed it. Uh, maybe you know, from you know, my guess being too little, too late. Yeah, for, probably. You know, for even though it was name. great. Even if even if debates didn't matter, which you know, I think, oh, that's suspect. We got to get in some Mayor, Mayor Pete takes. Mayor Pete just, dude, I've kind of been like, oh, I kind of like Mayor Pete from the get go, just because he was like, you know, a different lane. He was running a different yeah. lane. He was young. Yeah, he was doing that like, ah, uh, you know, I'm young and I get, I and he's get it. Super gonna, articulate. Yeah, super articulate. Which you know, I'm gonna fix our issues a, on a mechanistic level. Yeah, and a breath of fresh air to have someone who can actually articulate. No offense to, uh, well, actually, plenty of offense to our current president. And then, no offense to Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> Sophisticated articulation of problems and solutions, not really his lane. Well, you know. More kind of like chanting. He's pretty succinct, you yeah. know, like millionaires, billionaires. <laughs> yeah. It's like pretty straightforward. Um, I don't know what you're not getting. So, yeah, he's... So, that was cool. It's cool. But he, he came off so uh, arrogant, condescending, so like swarmy. The worst. Swarmy the is worst. like the word. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and mean and like cynical. Like, he's, yeah. like, all these, like, negative attributes in the way that... Because he was attacking Klobuchar. That was it. That was... It his was, whole attack of, of Like, Amy why are you going after Klobuchar? Like, use this on, like, Bernie or someone or, like, Mike. Like, yeah, save what, your vitriol. For, like, like, why are you going after Klobuchar? Like, what did she do to she's you? She's just America's mom right now. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> you, you didn't know the name of the president of yeah. Mexico. Mexico. Really? 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 And I, I you know... And Klobuchar, it's like, yeah, not a I, need a, I need a Klobuchar to fucking come back and pound him. Yeah, she should have. He like beat to a pulp like like bully status, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because he's like this little kid who thinks he's so smart and because he's like, 
Yeah. So Klobuchar did say... I was the mayor of a diverse city of South Bend. <laughs> yeah, it's like, someone tell him to shut up. Yeah, it's like, you got Bloomberg on stage. Like, yeah. no one was there for Pete. I think that Bloomberg I wish really I, made Pete look much worse. Yeah, and I, I wish... Which is funny. Bloomberg didn't have the chance... I, I wish Bloomberg had knocked Pete down a peg with his, like, yo, yeah. like, I was the mayor of New York. Like, you're a joke. Lauren has some results. I mean, he may have knocked him down a peg in terms of how he's doing in the polls because he's currently in fourth place in, in Nevada. Nevada. Which is the next we're leading to. Uh, Nevada primary is happening. It's happening right Talk now. It. Is it a primary? It's a primary. Oh, come on. I don't know. It's a caucus? Yeah. You really don't know. You really don't know whether it's a caucus or a primary. I also didn't know that Kansas City wasn't in Kansas. Oh I didn't my know that God. either. Well, actually, oh, Kansas really? City is in Kansas City is in Kansas. Really? It's just some you don't know your <laughs> geography that well. Really, exactly. It's honestly the worst trope. It's the or the worst the worst way to talk to someone. It's yeah. the worst way to communicate a point or to, to is that that that, con that condescension. Uh, condescension. Uh, it's gross. It's gross. So what's the what's so can, Pete's getting his ass kicked? What, right what is that? What are, like. what are the actual results we're getting? What percent reporting? Yeah, so we're only at three percent. So okay. we have yeah. Okay. Anything's By the end of our by the end of our podcast will give you an update at the end tell of the podcast. Tell you what. Well, let me ask you this. But Bernie Pete... is currently leading by 54%. Oh, oh my God. The revolution so is here. in second place with 18%. Yeah, Uncle Joe. And then yeah. Elizabeth Warren at 10%. I, I'd like to see Liz, Liz, Liz in third. Now that, yeah, we'll. I'm. I can't wait to change my who I'm rooting for once like, the results come in. Yeah, let like, me. Well, let me ask that's you my favorite part of this whole yeah. thing. Every after every event, I get to change who I'm rooting for. Yeah, because it's like that's no, the no, nature. No. Of this. Yeah. That's the nature. Of this. It's just a sport. It's yeah. just a sport we all participate in now. And you gotta just yeah. Watch. Right now I'm rooting for Elizabeth because after yeah. a debate performance, I'm like, oh, I like her again. And yeah. also she's and she's not in front place, so I'm getting to root for the underdog. And, uh, Can so. I ask you, so right now, given Lauren's update, 3% vote is reporting, Pete's in fourth place. You trying to buy that or sell that um, for no. the rest of the race? Yeah. I, yeah you think, oh, no, no. I, I think, you think it, could be like, it could be one county or something. So I Well, think, no, yeah, so just given the statistical, you know, uh, shittiness of that, where do you think Pete's going to finish? I have no idea what the polls... I think the polls... I, he, I, 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 doubt, I doubt he's going to finish this. Well, basically, he's basically uh, finished twice, two states in a row, a tie for first place with Bernie. Um, more or less, you I know, think it's he, like very close. Like, I bet he gets like fifth. And so I think today he's going to underperform that for sure. Yeah, I'd say I, I would buy the fifth. I think he probably finished fourth, maybe. You think he stays where he's at? He's at with three percent. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe third, but yeah, definitely not. He's not going to. Perform. I don't know how he can beat Liz after that debate. Yeah, we'll see what people. I mean, who knows? But maybe the Nevadans didn't watch it because it was at nine o'clock. You know, who knows? Maybe they're like going to bed. You know, they got better things. Yeah, seven their time. Prime time. Maybe they're prime eating. Nevada. Who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's prime time. That's why it was so late. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's sort of where the race is at. I guess Nevada's going on right now. Sanders, I guess, looking forward. Sanders is is been taking. He's the front runner. He's I the think front runner. it just seems like it's consolidating. Every week passes. It's like every week that passes, and he just inches up from. 25% to 30%. Yeah. Now 35% or whatever. It's just like each state is just inching up. Now, the the key thing that happened in the debate, the most key thing overall was uh, I'm getting scolded from, from from the production team not to make noise. <laughs> is that what it is? No. Okay. Um, wait, what is it then? You can yeah, just say it. I was it. worried that the mic was going to yeah. Oh, it was the noise. Yeah, mm. that's fine. I have a bad ADD habit. Yeah. So to the audience, I apologize. Um, and I need a, I need to fit a fidget spinner while we sit here. Are we yeah. good? Fidget spinner might be too, too loud. Too loud too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Just get you a stress ball. Oh yeah, this is great. A little piece of Lego for me to play with. Yeah. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what was it? Oh, one of the debate questions was, do you favor changing the rules? Of the, yeah. Of the, of the, yeah, of the, of the, the results. DNC. And basically the current rules are, if you don't get, I think, half the delegates going to the convention, you don't win. Yeah. And so the first vote at the convention is that. Basically all the delegates vote according to their pledged you know, allegiance. To so actually, yeah, I don't and know the mechanism at the convention. It's basically like you go into the convention, the first vote is everybody gets, the, the delegates vote according to what they were pledged as, which will be, you know, someone won't, can, no one will get a majority if, yeah. if that's the case. So no Bernie's going to grab like 30%. Say he, say he comes in with 40% or even 45%, he still doesn't have the half that he needs. Basically. It's some number. I can't, I don't know what the number is. 270 delegates. Out of whatever total. It's something like half, I think. Okay. Roughly half, something like that. So if he doesn't win that first half, in that first vote, which maybe he will, maybe he won't, but if he doesn't, then it goes to a second round, at which point two things happen. I believe super delegates, right? super delegates come into play, and two, I think there's something like the, the other, the <coughs> regular delegates are no longer bound to the person that they were, you know, that the state sent them as, whatever, right? You so know? the delegates get to vote for So basically it's just a free-for-all. It becomes a free-for-all, and it's like... It's like a like it's like a Iowa little school gymnasium caucus thing, but with the whole with all the, the delegates the and the future party. of the Democratic Party happening. It's total chaos. And so the question of the debate was, do you favor changing the rules? Basically saying, do you want to, to, those rules to stay in place, allowing for this possibility of an open convention, or do you want it to be such that whoever has the most delegates wins? And everybody goes around and says keep the rules in place because they know that's the only way they're going to win. You know, first of and all, Bernie point goes, of irony on Bloomberg saying we should keep the rules as they are when they literally just changed the rules so he could enter the debate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I also funny because it's Bernie, uh, I think, basically is arguing that they should change the rules. Uh, yeah. His, his take is that they should change the rules. He's just saying, I'm winning, so yeah, the rules, win. Yeah, the rules need to be changed such that whoever has the most delegates Which wins. Which he would tonight. not have said last year Which he would, when he was campaigning last, against Hillary. Yeah, and last he, and season. stuck in the election. And he was basically like, I can't believe the rules. She needs to get 50%. He was chunking out like yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah totally. And so there's a little bit of irony there, which but you can't blame him. Whatever. That's the way it goes. But I think that's the most... I think that's what most of the candidates realize is like their only path to victory at this point is an open convention. Like nobody Broker thinks convention because it, you know no no one's yeah I think they're all in it for the long haul and well so and that's the in thing which case which is crazy I mean, all the moderates happens. are just going to eat each other's votes it's just they're going to cannibalize each other's votes the person I think is the most likely to drop out right now in my estimation would be Elizabeth Warren because she has even though she just had that strong performance if she comes in you know third or fourth, or if she drops to like fourth here, if Pete beats her, she could drop out and you know most of her voters are going to go to Bernie, so he's going to consolidate it, and then you got yeah, yeah, you Pete, Bloomberg, I mean say. Klobuchar yeah. also. Yeah, I mean, you don't know that. You know no, I don't know, I'm just speculating. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, you just don't know how people vote. Yeah. People are so weird with their votes, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you just don't know. But and it can, can turn on that. a dime. It can turn on anything, so that's what, that's the sort of watch is like, does Bernie start winning? 50% in states, and all the Democratic primaries are proportional, proportional, right. um, but also there's something like most states have a threshold, so you have to win 10% of the vote or 15% of the vote to get any, to get allotted proportionally, okay. right? So if you okay. come in at 5%, you don't get 5% of the delegates. 
Okay. So yeah, that's that also another thing. So you have to be pulling up above a certain threshold. And um, then they do like a pro rata. Yeah, basically of, of that. Of whoever is above 10 or 15. So that's the way it looks like this thing is going to be fought. And the only question is, does Bernie start winning? Because if he wins Nevada tonight, right? Say he wins Nevada at 30%. Great. He won again. But if he keeps winning 30%, he just... Obviously, you win all the states at 30%, you don't have 50%. Yeah, the question is, like, when does everyone else drop out? Yeah, when does everybody drop out, and, like, do those votes go to Bernie so that he starts winning 45, 55, 60% yeah. of these states later yeah. on? Or does someone else start winning 40% or something, yeah, and it goes like that? Yeah, someone comes from behind. Yeah. Like, with um, a, main, a consolidated, moderate. Moderate, something yeah. like that. And that's really... Uh, well, who knows? It's a, it's a horse race. It's always a horse race. Um, so it's definitely, but it's definitely Bernie's to lose. And without a doubt, he's the front runner at this point, which and, is remarkable. And I think this whole Bernie, especially the Bernie v. Bloomberg thing, is a nice segue into the other topic, for topic today. that we wanted to talk about today, which I, is something that I've always like. I've always thought about this subject, and it's it's really it's the the sort of ethics of altruism, uh, you know, the ethics of charity. What is your obligation to give? What is your obligation? Uh, how is it unethical to be wealthy like a Bloomberg? Which came up you know? in the debate, yeah. Yeah, which came up Basically in the debate. Saying, with people, should there, yeah. yeah, should there should billionaires exist? Yeah, given is, the state of poverty in the rest of the world. Yeah, or yeah, or and or inequality, but yeah, um, and the motivation, of course, is econ talk. It's always econ which talk. Which we'll post in the comments. Yeah. So there is Peter Singer. Peter Singer was on econ talk, and for those who don't know. About Peter Singer, uh, I think most people are aware of him, or at least aware of the ethical... That's your <coughs> intellectual snobbery coming through. Yeah. I guarantee most people do not know about him. Most people are at least aware of the yeah. uh, the ethical the ethical construct that I'll, I'll go through. His, like, simple ethical dilemma. Yeah. That thought experiment. Dude, I... You think most, no? Most people, are you going to say majority of Americans... Know who Peter Singer okay, is? Maybe no not. Chance. Maybe not. Okay. Well, most of our audience knows who it is. Most of our audience knows because our audience is, you know, is pretty bright yeah. and uh, well, well studied. Uh, well, <laughs> P- Peter Singer is a he's a professor at Princeton. He's Australian, I believe. Uh, I, I struggle with the Australian New Zealand accent, but I think he's Australian. He's Australian. Lauren confirms, and uh, he's a straight utilitarian and a brief i'll do a brief like 30 seconds on what utilitarianism is it's a very simple sort of ethical philosophy that states that you know it is everyone's ethical duty to do the most good to do good and limit harm both in your own life and then with those around you and so any act that increases human flourishing is good any act that decreases human suffering is bad and vice versa right so uh, using that calculus, uh, you can get to pretty extreme conclusions, right? So the basis of that philosophy is the moral, it's the moral calculus. It's weighing up the goods and bads of the world and trying to, to live your life and to, uh, in a way that maximizes the goods. How you perform that calculus day in, day out is, I think, the, the crux of the challenge. And if you follow that sort of philosophy to its logical conclusion, you get something close to, like, socialism or, like, a communist-type economic arrangement where it's unethical to have something extra when there's someone else who, you know, could use... Well, I wouldn't push back against that, but... Against conflating the, like, socialized I think you could have, well, like, a, I think you could make a utilitarian argument for capitalism. Very you, you, well, you probably can, and I think we're going to go there, yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll exactly. talk about that, because what was interesting, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll back up and go, so in the econ yeah, yeah, talk... go to the... Yeah, Peter crime. Singer, uh, you know, started the conversation with his... his very, you know, his famous 
uh, argument. So he wrote a paper in the 80s, I think it was called uh, Affluence in the Time of Famine or something along those yeah, lines. something like that. Yeah, yeah Famine and Affluence. Um, effectively, it was in the 80s, there was a, there was a, and this is, I mean, this is honestly very telling. There was a huge natural disaster in a part of the world, I can't remember, I think it was Bangladesh. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and I think there were massive famines there during this time. And so Peter Singer starts out his argument in his essay by saying, Imagine you are walking through a park on your way to work or something, and you're dressed in your 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 nicest clothes. You just bought this this outfit. It's like it's your you know it's expensive, and you're trying to impress. Maybe you're going to a job interview, yeah. and along the way through the park, you see uh, a pond, and you see a kid who's in the po in the pond drowning. Now the pond is only like four or five feet, mm -hmm. so it's clear that you could get in there and save this child without really putting yourself in harm's way whatsoever. Yeah. And you look around, you don't see any parents, you don't see anyone who's watching out for the kid. It's just you and this kid. Do you have a moral obligation to get in the pond, ruin your clothing, but put yourself in no harm and save that child? Or is it perfectly ethical to just keep on going saying, no, I don't want to get my clothes dirty. I'm just going to let that child die. So pretty simple thought experiment to which I think most people would... would yeah, I mean, set up the... Obviously. Yeah. And this is... Peter Singer is a very good writer, so I would encourage everyone... We'll link to this actual essay because... Once you agree to the premise that you it, you are ethically obligated to help that child, he will then the bind point, you. The key he will, point is he takes it. And he'll, he'll just keep taking it one step at a time until it's like, well, why why should distance matter? If you can give $1,000 and buy mosquito nets. I.e. the cost of a suit. Yeah, i.e. the cost of a suit. Yeah, even nice like, place. I think it's honestly, to save a life, I, the, I actually don't know the rate, but I think it's like $300 to save a life by buying mosquito nets. Yeah, and like so that, it's yeah. like, if you were to donate $300 rather than spend it on clothing, you can save a life in another country. And just because it's not in front of you, just because it's not, there's other people around, just because it's not that exact scenario, the fact of the matter is there's dollars and there's a life to be saved. And yeah, everyone really every day makes the choice of saving the dollars for themselves. In most in most cases, not everyone, but most most people. The vast majority of us just yeah. Don't, don't. Even those who give to charity aren't aren't thinking about all. I mean, because Peter Singer will really. I mean, if you, again, if you read the article and if you listen to him argue it, pretty much almost everything you're buying, it's like really the, as a utilitarian would evaluate it. It's like is the record player you just bought worth the life of a child in front of you? Or Probably not. Or the dinner you had. Or the, the fancy dinner when you could have just cooked at home. Yeah, and it basically gets to the point where it's any of the money, any and all of the money and or by extension consumption you have up and above some like threshold of basic substance, you know, yeah. basic existence is ethically obligated to be transferred away. Transferred away to help someone. Um, yeah. Which is like, that's the most extreme version of the claim, but I don't, you know, whatever. You can you don't have to make it take it that far. You can't just take it to, should you, do you have an ethical obligation to donate 1000 you know, $1,000 or 1% of your income? Right. And because a utilitarian does try to quantify things as much as possible because they're doing a literal moral calculus, mm -hmm. uh, donating $1,000 is clearly better for the world than donating zero. You know, donating two thousand is clearly better than donating a thousand, and maybe there are diminishing returns at some level. Or, but I think Peter well, Singer, are you probably not? Probably you know, not. I mean, not with not until you it. start causing harm to yourself. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so any level you donate is an ethical. You're moving in the right ethical direction. Uh, there's really no max to that until you. Yeah, you are until equal, the world is until like, the world is sort of at an equal state of welfare, right? Or at least, you know, and I, and this is where 
that's that's the most extreme form. Peter Singer, which is why you you mentioned earlier, kind of like a socialism or something, because right? There's exactly. That, there's that kind of like you have an ethical duty until the duty is no longer there, which basically means there's no one below you. Yeah, you're arguing for an equality of outcome. Yeah, effectively for so, everyone, yeah. and that like in a society that produces so much, it's it unethical for someone to you know ha go without um, when they could go with, mm -hmm. uh, if not for the choices of other, you know, quote, selfish people. So that's the most extreme form. And then, you know, what's interesting, and I think really beautiful about Peter Singer's work, uh, is he spawned a bunch of different thinkers, uh, younger, you know, sort of philosophy majors from Princeton, who then went on to graduate careers in this sort of altruistic philosophy. Um, because you can get really uh, abstract in the utilitarian world and just be a sort of theorist, but Peter Singer really applied it to everyday life and to the moral decisions we all make by just living in society. And so he spawned this whole, you know, sort of tree of people like uh, thinking in this way, and it led to the effectively the the effective altruist movement, the effective altruism movement, and it's uh, really spearheaded by this guy Will McCaskill, who's out in Cambridge and. He donates all of his money. I think he lives on something close to like $25,000 a year, he and his wife. He donates all the rest of his money to effective altruistic causes and effective charities. And he started the Give Well organization that uh, sort of evaluates charities and nonprofits to make sure that they are allocating their resources effectively. They're not just you know, paying high salaries, that they're actually solving the problem. It's not, there. A, it's not a Clinton Foundation type. Not a, yeah, they're, exactly. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to weed out the Clinton Foundations of the world, and so anyway, that's the that's what this this movement sort of looks like in practice is people sacrificing their own financial sort of wants in order to or you know consumption, sacrificing their own consumption, consumption really yeah, at a yeah. at a core level in order to help save the lives of of people in other parts of the world. Who don't have the opportunities or don't have the life that they have, um, you know. Peter Singer also has argued uh, through this movement that, and I'll, maybe I'll stop. I'll I'll do this, and then we could talk about the econ talk. Mm -hmm. um, so there's uh, one of Peter Singer's uh, students who he stays in touch with, um, went on to become an investment banker purely to make as much money as possible. And this is a really interesting concept that Peter Singer argues for: is that uh, if you're trying to decide how to like f have a career that helps the world and makes the world a better place, alleviates suffering in this type of meaningful way, you have to, you know, there's a bunch of different options for you. Uh, one is to go work for one of these charities and, you know, dig wells or, you know, work with communities to get businesses, small businesses going and, or find seed funding for, you know, whatever. Uh, so if you, you do that type of work, you are probably just as good as the second best candidate for that job. So rather than take that job, allow the second best candidate maybe to take that and instead pursue something in like the financial sector. Go to like investment banking, for instance, pull in $300,000 a year and live on 60,000, live on 30,000, donate a quarter million dollars a year to charity. Now you can, you could effectively hire 10 people, yeah. you know, in charities every single year with your donation. So rather than, than do the work, you know, it's fine to just go into something that generates a ton of wealth, but then use that wealth and transfer it yourself to those who need it most. And so that's, that's another uh, sort of angle uh, that I just wanted to throw out there. Um, and what was interesting about the Econ Talk episode is Russ Roberts is coming from more of a Adam Smith perspective and coming from a, more of a Hayekian 
Yeah, uh, Hayeki, and I think also kind of like from a he definitely not utilitarian. Definitely you know, not a utilitarian. Whole virtue, the whole system of virtue or, or ethics or moral kind of guidance is, you know, it's not utilitarian. And, and no. so, be, if you know, if you if your grounding comes up from somewhere else, it, you you find ways to clash. And uh, I think that's interesting. Also, of course, we were laughing just because Russ Roberts is willing to. Ask the tough questions. Ask the tough questions. And so he, he asked Peter Singer, give me a good reason. And he was like, I, listen, of course I agree. You have to rescue the child. But give me a good reason I should rescue the child. Yeah, why should I rescue the <laughs> yeah. child? Which, of course, we all, I think, us and all of our audience would say, yeah, of course. We're like, of rescue. course, rescue the child. But, but why? Why? But why? But why? You know, and I think that's a relevant question. I think also the relevant question is, if, if the moral code you have basically... Um, you know, consigns that the vast majority of your community, your family, people in your life, the, the society in which you live and exist, to the status of unethicalness, you know, right? Like, I don't know what the word is here, but like, basically, if you follow Peter Singer's code of ethics here, and you look at most people, vast majority of people, ourselves included, are failing this test. Are failing this code. And so we, you know, basically, we, we ought to be judged negative, negatively. If your moral code leaves that that's the, the result of your moral code maybe it's true but like it seems suspect right Does it? i i think i think there's something to that right i mean i, like, I definitely can, understand that it's uncomfortable to be like it's, yeah, it's most of society is not flourishing and is not what living ethically well i think it, at, the, at the very least it, it uh which i think is also a fair claim i probably would agree with it but um it it definitely raises you know your fla my flags of like believability you know it's like just doesn't pass the initial like Okay. Doesn't pass the smell test. It's like what? So you're saying my so, parents are bad people, my yeah, siblings like, are bad people. Yeah, everyone bad. I've ever known yeah, is a bad is person. a bad person because they're like, not <laughs> donating half their salary. Yeah, you're like, wait a second, something's not right here. And I think that starts <coughs> to be interesting. It's like, okay, why are why are alternatives not right? If you explore that further, you might also ask: Are they saying that you're a bad person just because you act immorally? Are they actually? Related because good people can act immorally in different situations. Yeah, and right. also, yeah. And, oh, I mean, and I think also exactly. You, so just ignorance. what if you're an investment banker? Yeah, that's and true. And you make two hundred three hundred thousand dollars a year. You donate two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, but the, with the fifty thousand dollars that you keep, you spend twenty five thousand on like the strip club, and cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the virtue there? You know, I don't know. Is, is that, I would is say, what, I bet Peter Singer would say, you're, you're doing, yeah, you're yeah, doing fine. much better than most people. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. donating $250,000 well, to saving lives every yeah. year. And then the rest of you spending on, you know, the, the sex trade. Uh, it's like, Oh uh, uh, well, yeah. So then when you, yeah, I mean, well, if I, you, I, I don't know, you know, yeah. you, whatever, I, or whatever you can think of any other yeah. kind of set of so set of uh, yeah. other co And that's just generally speaking where anybody with someone argues utilitarianism, they go, okay, well, then therefore, you know, the obvious objection is think of some situation in which uh, there's a bomb going off in the city. Okay, do you – and this person, if you chop this person's head off, they're innocent. But if you chop their head off, the bomb somehow goes – is is uh, diffused. Do you do it? Utilitarian will say yes every time. Yeah. Yes, of course. Chop the guy's head off. You know, those 250,000 people will die when the bomb goes off. You chop this guy's head off. They're all saved. One versus 250,000. Done. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Good. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. That's like that's, and so then of course you get to the situation where the ends can, the, the means can justify ends with utilitarianism. Ends justify means. 
They're results based. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and justified. So means, you can yeah. get yourself into all sorts of things that I think a lot of people would be uncomfortable with. The the investment banker example we just gave, where they they live a lifestyle that's whatever, or um, th that example of torture. You know, you can start justifying yeah. torture very easily, right? Uh, there's a terrorist attack coming. We have to, and the guy, yeah. can, you know, whatever, or uh, or you can justify the bombing of Hiroshima. And, uh, Again, results based. Results so. based. You know, you can make the argument from a utilitarian standpoint that you know these lots of acts people I think don't want to be okay. I mean, it, can be justified, which know, is fine. It's just that's that's where the argument ends up coming from. Yeah, one of, and that's, one that's, of the arguments. That's why I I put utilitarianism. Uh, it influences me, and it's uh, it's fun a philosophy that I like, and almost the same way I like libertarianism. Yeah. Where it's like it's way too. It just strikes me as far too simplistic. Yeah. To account for the the right like way to live your life, or it, it it's just it's a nice like rule of thumb I think for the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, like because I struggle, I agree with all of your your points. Yeah. One hundred percent. I agree with all these critiques, and and I think that's the like, fact that yeah. it doesn't map on to the lived experience whatsoever. Yeah. Is yeah. is sort of a red flag when it comes to <laughs> ethical philosophies. Yeah. It's like okay, uh, well, so that being said, I. From the rationalist in me, reading that Peter Singer essay, uh, and you know, and then again hearing him, he's been making the same case for forty years. Yeah. So it's not you know, he's this isn't he's hot news. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is yeah, this isn't like a, a brand, a fresh new philosophy. But what I what I don't understand, I don't know how to argue against him. I don't know how to argue against this logic of. Yeah, I mean, at exactly. a simple case like it is in a vacuum, all else being equal, you're right with the consequences and yeah, like and trying stuff. to make the moral calculus is very difficult. And, uh, but at a, at a root, at a root level, like you should help the kid. Yeah. Right. I think, or should you not? Are you so like, can yeah. you, can you allow yourself to be in such a relative, morally relativistic place that you could justify walking past that kid and letting him die and saying, I did nothing wrong. Yeah. There yeah. is some philosophies that would say you did nothing wrong. You know, like you're not, hurting anyone you're just allowing someone to to go through something horrible right and not participating or saving but i can't i that seems even more far stretched than utilitarianism well i think does, i don't think you have to, like how people live their lives i think you can i think there is a spot in between there which is when you, you get can make the claim the, you can make the, the you can make the argument that peter singer's attempt to Take it from this obvious example that ninety nine point in a vacuum, no other agree with, yeah, and then extrapolate this to like therefore give half your income to you know, you know, food aid to the sedan, right? Uh, that's where you can say, well, it's not actually like for like, it's not actually like for like because uh, you, the obligation you have to someone who's next to you is different than the obligation you have to every single sentient being on the globe. And why, uh, why though? Let me let me stop right well, yeah. there. Yeah, so I think that's why. where you have to make the argument. I don't think there's a good argument. To, I don't think the argument. I, I, I think to your point. I think if I could just maybe. I think I, I understand what you're saying in that going from the isolated, abstract, vacuum sealed example that he starts with: kid drowning in a pond, you're in nice clothes. You start introducing geography. That's that adds a lot of moral complexity. You start adding the fact that you know you have to work for a living and like you have built. I don't know the all yeah. the. Yeah, good intentions. You might try to donate money, but you donate to the wrong thing. Charities aren't as effective, and yeah. error effectively. There's so much quote moral error that propagates at every level that as you keep zooming out from that example, you realize that you're not you don't have a philosophy at all because. Yeah. And in fact, and, and in fact, while that tr is all true you're in doing, limited case, all you're doing is making yourself feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like you're basically paying to feel good about yourself. 
you're, you're writing checks. To oh, your... you would go so far as to say that that a, a charitable donation well, is I think purely self-serving. I well, because the uncertainty well, well, is well, you know, I I think and it's this so is so great. This is this. I think this brings up what like Ross Roberts was getting at. It's like okay, let's look at the history of the world, and um, let's look at like all good progress that was ever made, right? right? How much of that came from charity? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what? How much of that came yeah. from like I don't know. I mean, some of it. Obviously, a lot of it came from like social organizing and protest movements and right. like whatever kind of rebellions you want to. Not charity. Yeah, not charity. People. Not, great like, things. Good great things to commit yeah. yourself to. But um, not charities. Or like I don't know, capitalism. Yeah. You know, great things have happened. I mean, what talk if, about the China because Russ yeah. brought it up. And, and, then, and or I think, and finally, also like I don't know, fighting. Like right, like I don't know. You could argue that some countries gaining their independence was a good thing for the world. Yeah. And that so. The shedding of blood was actually good, you know. Like so, like I'm, yeah, you can make. I'm not making that argument, but I'm just saying yeah. there's a lot of ways in which the world has made progress and got to this stage that arguably did not. And as far as I can tell, like charity made up like just a, of all the good in the world, a sliver, you know. Uh, and so it seems weird to say that therefore we should all be focusing on like giving our money away. Can I? Can I just maybe push back on the charities done nothing historically? Uh, I, I agree that I can't, there's no like, it's not like penicillin that came from, <laughs> oh wait, scientists, yeah. you know, like not, it came from like basic research, not yeah. a charity. Okay, not so a charity. we should all be scientists. Okay, yeah. so what about, uh, you know, I, I don't know, hum, like human rights, human rights or liberal, uh, liberalism, okay. well, it's Western like, okay. liberalism. Okay, that came from, I guess like philosophy, not yeah. and like the, and culture and literature, uh, not from, I guess, yeah. not from a charitable organization. You don't have to raise your head. You could just, you just go. I also think that you're looking too high up when you're looking about when you're talking about like what has charity done or like whether or not charity has been the greatest effect. I think if you look at like the micro interactions between humans every day, those people who are around people who are just genuinely more charitable in their like everyday actions mm -hmm. tend to grow up to be better people. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was maybe. gonna say that it was a similar thing. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I I think that. That on a micro level, that's where charity matters most, yeah. is that it liberates people to then make the impact on society. Yeah, but that's a step the, removed And from that impulse, though, is also what leads to, like, for example, the social organizing or the political pro pro goods that we've achieved by hard work come from that, impu in from that ethical uh, impulse, right? That like Yeah, and so I think Peter Singer would say that's why you buy mosquito nets, so that way the well, next I, generation of scientists, engineers, small business owners, well, politicians... Well, I don't. I don't think so. I think what I would say to that is that no, that's why, that that, that like a moral impulse right there. Yeah. To just be good to the people near you. Yeah. Which is waste like, and the fact that being good to the people around you creates good in them and like seeds good, cascading good flows from that. Like yes. being charitable to the people in your life and yeah, people around you and, to, and saving the child. Yep. If you, God forbid you see that you say, spreads good. That's that's a very like localist claim I, you know like it's like you're claiming that like local good can be achieved by by the physical connection between people uh i'd say i think that's more of like a like the russ roberts take which is like there is a difference between saving the child in the pond in your community as you want saving by, a child in a pond in africa and and, and you know and theor like the theoretical child somewhere else and because, you're saying because like because in fact what creates good in the world is that individual people acting good to the people around them and spreading like 
positive virtue right. in people, and, and which and then positive virtue, the goods in the world, whether it's whether it's political positive political change, positive scientific change, positive economic change, positive like institutional change, or charitable giving, you know, uh, social work, whatever you want to call it, like just like altruistic behavior. All of that comes from like a place of like person to person goodness right right and that's 100%. why the local difference and, is important okay i agree and so when i cut that check you're right that it's missing that right yeah. but here's where i think you can still see that is let's say i spent my 300 dollars, or i don't get i don't know the cost so i think yeah. it's 300 dollars save a life with yeah. mosquito net so I, I write my check you're right i'm not having that personal interaction with someone you're not propagating not, that good i'm not propagating that good i'm writing a check maybe i feel better about myself and and maybe a so peer is oh, look at Trevor's like really, he's a really good guy. Yeah, he so maybe I influence stuff. other people to donate. Who knows? But and you let's get the say social I, do, and I get the social credit, which, uh, you know, everyone needs. We can get to that. Uh, yeah, I but but the, what, the $300 does go across the ocean and goes to the actual guy who's opening the box of mosquito nets and is like, okay, we got one more. We can buy one more. And that person, as a career or as at least a job for the time being, his job is going to someone's house and saying, I'm, I'm here net. to save your life. I'm here to install this mosquito net for free, and I'm going to put this on your bed, and you're going to live a happy and healthy life. Like, you're going to grow up to be an adult, unlike a lot of the kids in this village. Yeah. Well, you know? And that person gets to propagate that, that good, or that energy, or that virtuous I, I think thing. That's a, I think so that's you're just transferring. You're still... It still happens. It still happens. You're just invisible to you. Okay. And that's why we don't care about it, well, I generally. Think, yeah. <laughs> because it's, you're, you're not really... I think, to your point, you know, we do want to participate in that local sort of altruistic feeling, even if it's a friendly conversation with the cashier, you know, that sense of community is, is obviously inherent to all humans, we're social creatures, and there's something about writing a check that doesn't scratch that itch, you yeah. know, and so doing what, virtue in your community feels better and personally, and also you get to watch the effects and participate in it in a deeper and way. And arguably it's, you can make the argument that the reason why that, I guess, in that, you know, I got two things to say. One, it's possible that it's still it's it's still those positive ethical value to running the check. I wouldn't make the claim that there's no ethical value to it. Yeah, I would. I'm mostly arguing that. But so Russ Woods. Uh, well, okay. So we'll go. We'll go there. Sorry. Keep okay. going. There's maybe there's positive ethical value to it. Sure. It's just that there's not negative. You don't get dinged for not writing that check, which is what I think. Why, I what's your problem with getting dinged? Because because clearly those pot those ethical value in just existing within a community positively, right? Right. So, you know, like, and that's how most of the world's good gets propagated, clearly. I, I made that, or at least I made that claim earlier, that most yeah. of the good in the world does not come from people writing checks to charity. and never has, and I suspect it never will. Um, <laughs> no offense to the, to the movement. Um, but, like, you know, progress in, on democracy in India probably is going to have far more positive benefits to than Peter Singer, All right? You know, sorry. How do you get it? How do you start parsing this when you get charities <laughs> yeah. that, that donate sure, to sure. science? Sure. I was just about to say, yeah. what about all yeah. of the academic institutions? Because now you're feeding back like into yeah. the, yeah. the, so, the fount of, of so totally progress. I, well, okay, so you know, I just so that's that's one claim. The second claim is that um, I don't know what the second claim was, but I think to that point, uh, to that point is that okay, one of the problems with the whole utilitarian calculus here is that, you know, is it better to give a million dollars to Harvard University so they can do basic research or a million dollars to the Saddam? 
or you know, yeah, I guess so, you know, yeah. or or do that more or, 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 uh, or is it better to? Here's a good one. This is gonna. This is designed to troll, so I apologize. But is it better to donate that million dollars to political action committees, which uh, help elect politicians that propagate capitalism? Because capitalism has done more to lift people out of pov poverty than any other force ever. Or is it more ethical? to spend a billion dollars on political ad campaigns because they're trying to beat someone who is bad for the world, or is it better to give that billion dollars away to people who need it, yeah. who are actively suffering currently? Yeah, yeah. I think Bloomberg asks himself that every day. I don't know if he asks it at <laughs> well, all. Bezos, well, he asked or and, okay. and he answered the question. Oh, here's another one. And here's another one, okay. He answered the how question. About a, how about a million dollars to this, you know, kids in country XYZ that need it or to fighting climate change? Yeah. I mean, Franzen would say, as we talked about last episode, of course, donate to the kids in need. Help those who are here. Yeah. Help the people who are living, not the future that we don't worry is uncertain. It's, or is you apocalyptic. Know, do, good, yeah. do good to the people who are living on the planet today. And Yeah. Well, that's what Franzen would say. And, I and that's think, what Singer would probably say, too. I think, and I think it's fine, which I think is like great, but it's also you know, it's troublesome for you know, those who are, you know, want to focus on climate change. Um, or like, okay, Peter Singer says... You know, the, for the individual to go be an investment banker and make that much money, profits over and above what he needs, such that he can donate all this to the world, doesn't it make sense for the United States then to focus on growing their economy to such extraordinary riches, <laughs> such to this maximize and accelerating the capitalist machine to such extraordinary heights, and generating such absolute wealth that we have more money to you know donate to the the good people of the world? Isn't that our internal domestic duty? And therefore, America first. There we go, baby. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Singer for Trump. Yeah. Singer, uh, <laughs> singer for Trump. No, I mean, okay, that's a stretch. But uh, it does get you into some weird It positions. gets you into some weird places. Now, uh, I think a lot of, you know, the fun that can be had at the utilitarian's expense comes from how just uh, absurd these the, the moral calculus is in and of itself. And you're pointing out all of the complexities, really, of, like, how do you evaluate the good of donating to Harvard versus donating to... You know, charity. Well, it's very easy because yeah, I, mean, I, I, do, I do think it's easy. Like, I don't think donating to Harvard, no offense to Harvard or any university, is as good as donating to those children. But I also think, like, for example, like... Why do you think that's easy? Let me just ask. Well, I just, number you, one, like... You can help kids right now. So yeah, you can sorry. help people live. Right? Yeah. So and also, like, I don't know. I, just, lives I personally have an institutional grudge against the institutional like, incumbents of, you know, Harvard and X, Y, and Z. Okay, I'll stick up for they Harvard don't... just from a basic research perspective <laughs> because the amount of technology and there's good ideas well, that have come out of that but place. I'm anti-tech so I mean the technology is all only, is the only reason we have climate change so I'm against that too okay fair so yeah definitely <laughs> donate to, definitely donate to the sedan then because yeah. the civil war, so. in fact yeah um I'm actually gonna be <laughs> I'm donating to like rebels across the country, world to destabilize countries in fact so to, to take down the, the slow down economy yeah, yeah slow down economic okay growth, so this is interesting so, so we went from <laughs> We went from Peter Singer is really arguing that we need to foster the greatest capitalist empire the well, world I mean, has ever it, seen. He's doing it for one well, person. Well, Sai so would argue that the true ethical position is to completely destabilize the global economy, thereby reducing carbon emissions and propagating, uh, I guess, equality of outcome. Listen, you have to, you have, to have the courage to follow, or what is it, the conviction and courage to follow your, the courage of your convictions, right? Is that what yeah, it is? That's something like that. Basically, it meant something. Take your ideas to the end, 
and see what you find them. Yeah, if you got yeah, either you're gonna ride them, either you're gonna ride them to the end or not. It sounds like <laughs> you and Peter Singer got a lot in common. <laughs> I do think that, which, um, which is why I mean that's that's whatever. So let me ask. Let's, uh, let's, let me let me transition a little bit. Well, let's re- let's reel it back in from the from the Fugazi. Okay, yeah, Ooh, it's all fairy dust. Doesn't exist. I got. I'll ground it for you because okay. I think you know uh, one of the I think maybe the places where where we agree is that utilitarian calculus on a local level and in saving with kids drowning you're walking in the park and you know in a vacuum and in simple cases obviously it's a useful tool it's a useful tool to say what does this cost me and can i do can i help by by doing this one thing right but then as you look at it at a societal level a policy level or even a like a professional level a career level as a guiding philosophy it's really insufficient to handle the moral complexities of being a person and the human experience it's rather too simple to capture the human experience and i think russ roberts you know sort of made that point as well on econ talk i would just say and to just like go back to the simple case um i think what's really i think an interesting sort of i don't know question or ethical question that's not really thought about much until you get someone like bernie sanders and this whole eat the rich wave that's that's happening right now is is it ethical to be a billionaire and i i think that a lot of people will dismiss that question outright like of course what do you mean how could it be how could it be unethical to just have money to just have a large amount of money oh i thought it would be i thought you were thinking i was gonna say the other way around i thought i feel like most people would just be like of course it's unethical. i'll say most mainstream if you were to read like if you were to watch like cnn for instance and you ask you were to pull the people on the panels is it morally unethical to be a billionaire, yeah. I think most people would say no. Yeah. And I would, I think certainly on Fox News, and so, because, you know, Trump's a billionaire, so, supposedly. Uh, and <laughs> so that's as simple as that. But, and even MSNBC, even like the lefty news, I think, same, you'll see the same thing. And I think like a, within certain uh, portions of the, and even like very Republican, you know, areas, I think people would say the same thing. It's no, he's just, you're rich, you made your money. You made it, especially a Bloomberg who like built yeah. a business. He like did, he did it as fair as fair can be. As fair as fair can be, right? It, it wasn't like Trump, whose dad handed him a bunch of million millions of yeah. dollars. So Reasonable. yeah. yeah. So but is that? The, but what are the wages of Bloomberg staff? You well, know? I think didn't he say he was the second most best place to work in America? He was voted second. <laughs> he did best. say something like I that. Think, he yeah, did he got, say he second best, oh, yeah. but he did yeah. say second best on the debate stage. Yeah. Where I was like, why even bring up the statistic, yeah. man? Well, he said, yeah, we got voted second best to place to work, which is you know whatever. So now people are starting to say, is it ethical to be a billionaire? I think Bernie Sanders said very explicitly in the last debate, and no, no. it's not. And I think, uh, you know, but I like, think it's a reasonable question. Well, it's also because it's like it's like how did it happen, right? Let's say say like Mark Zuckerberg. Say you're Mark Zuckerberg. Right. One day you invent this app. And it's called Facebook. Right. And you go from being not a billionaire to being a billionaire yep. pretty much like, I don't know, overnight. Yep. Like, it's like a year, right? Yeah. Something is the, the the evaluation of this company, which you own theoretically on paper 90% of or something. He was a billionaire probably by the time he was 30, right? Right. It's like he, yeah. he, he has a company. He created it. It's worth nothing. It's a paper company. It's yep. like, you know, it's an LLC, basically worth zero. And then, LLC in a and, dream. And, 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 and then someone, someone says, this is worth X. And then someone else, you know, invests and invests, ton, you know, a billion dollars to be owned ten percent of it. So this thing's worth ten billion dollars theoretically. And now yep. he's a billionaire. He's not yep. only a billionaire, but he's worth, you know, right. hundred billion sure. dollars. Yeah, just I like understand. That. It's yeah. like, wait, is he on? Like, is he unethical? Was that unethical? Did he do anything unethical what, what, to earn the money? No. What happened? What just is it happened? Unethical? I, I <laughs> what, guess. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. That, that he can did, be in, exactly. How is society, society structured in such a way 
that in the economy structured <laughs> in such a way that some fucking college student with a good idea and a great idea and it is I mean honestly Recently. like and and if you want to I'll I'll be happy I'll put on my capitalist hat and just, just say like it, yeah. you know I'll happily defend Facebook yeah, at, at, at its value because billions of people literally use that application now. His idea was so good it was adopted by billions of people within 10 years. Yeah, I don't care what you say, but like, like the, that's most, a, the people have spoken. So, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he ended up with billions, correspondingly, billions of dollars, it makes sense logically that that would happen. I think, you know, having a society or an economy that allows people to get that rich is sort of rewards people so lavishly for ideas that are so transformative, whether Facebook's good or bad. I'm not even going to begin yeah. to debate right now yeah, yeah but just it is a big idea and it did change the world so yeah so what, it's like i can't that mechanism it seems bizarre that you would say that that's unethical but he did anything i don't unethical. think he did anything unethical by founding facebook yeah, yeah i think that that where it starts to get ethically uh gray for me yeah. it's not being rewarded uh and it's not even being rich because i think like i, I think rich, there's a place you know we're sorry, rich relative to, to the you. we're rich yeah. relative to the world <laughs> yeah. and then there's Millionaires who make us, you know, look poor. Look, look poor, yeah, right. And that, and I think even at that millionaire level, personally, and, and this is a super fucking privileged thing to say, is a you know whatever all the opportunities I've been given. But I think it's reasonable to have like I think millionaires are fine. I'm, I'm totally down with. Millionaires. There's a lot of people in this country that are worth a million dollars. You know, yeah, like, there's a lot. There's a billion a lot. dollars is three orders of magnitude larger than that. Yeah, and I don't think people really grasp how big a billion dollars is. Like Jeff Bezos, for instance, with his, I think, what is he at? 120 billion or something? I have no idea. Something like that. 120. It's a number so big, most people can't even fathom it. Just to like ground that a little bit, he could buy every single sports team in the country. <laughs> think about that. He could buy the entire NFL. The entire NFL. NFL teams go for like a couple billion. Yeah, like 6, 10, 15 billion, 20 billion. Not, not even 20 billion. Cowboys. Dude. The Cowboys might be like 10, but yeah. not even. like. Yeah. That's like the most premier of premier sports teams in the world. Yeah. He could scoop that up tomorrow. Well, and then by the, the sports teams, he could replace the GDP of so many countries. He's bigger than most countries. He has more money than most whole countries of people. And, Except for maybe and, like China, Japan, United States, and Germany or something. I think Bernie said this on the debate <laughs> to, to try to put it into perspective for people with Bloomberg. He was like, Bloomberg has more wealth than 150 million Americans. Yeah. The, like that combined. Yeah. That's half the country. So you take half of the United States, add up all their assets, all their sell all their homes, yeah. sell all their clothes, liquidate everything they have, and that's one Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. And the fact that like you can so again, he earned it and like that wealth disparity though is is, is kind of absurd. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely absurd that anyone should be sitting on a pile of gold that big. And I don't know what the mechanism needs so the, to be to so allocate that out. So bringing it back to Peter Singer, it's like, okay, Peter Singer would say that it's unethical. Yeah. And that he needs to give basically the vast majority of it away, right? Now, here's where it gets interesting, which is he could write a check, you know, like, you know, they, and I'm sure he's written lots of charity checks, obviously. I would imagine he's, you know, given a lot of money away. Yeah. Way more than any of us will ever give in our lives. Yeah. But um, let's assuming that he's done that, but he obviously he still has gazillions of dollars, and so... He could just like give all that money, plop it into you know, get whatever. Give Wells top ten charities. Yeah, like today, and just buy all the mosquito and, nets and, and, and whatever. Just like whatever. Yeah, today, and he'd be worth you know back down to one million dollars, and he'd be still living fine. But you know, he would no, he'd be back in the good side. He'd be, he'd be one of the good guys now. Um, and everybody would be like, "Wow, Michael Bloomberg is such a great guy," and he could feel good about himself. And then the world would go on, and guess what? Like. 
I guess you know that's that money probably made a difference somewhere. You know, obviously, obviously, it's made. It a difference. It would have to. That's it, again, it's more than most countries. Yeah, 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 sure. Made a difference. It made a difference. Um, you think it would evaporate into nothing? I think you know, ten years later, it would be, it would be basically be now for the individual lives that were impacted. No. And if one of those, think about it from a statistical side. Sure. I mean, think, I mean, just think listen, about all. Listen, the, I know what you can do with it. I'm just saying, like, I, I, without a doubt, I'm sure because the fact of the matter is that much money, times. Times more is given the charity charity donations of that character every year, and guess what? I don't it's, know if it is. So I mean, I'd be, the, I'd be interested to see what the total amount of U.S. charitable like, or like I know mega, the U.S. actually I, uh, mega know. rich donations are be. It might not be what what's Bloomberg eighty billion you said. Yeah, he's, he's like eighty. Yeah. So like you know what the point is? It's like oh maybe every couple of years that much money is given away, and it disappears. So I'm not saying that it's not good. I'm just say, saying that, like... I got the number. Americans in 2018 gave away $420 billion. Wow. We are the most charitable country in the world. By far. And th- by not, far. not even close. That's not even close. And yeah. that's something that, like, America gets slept on, and, like, especially on the left. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty... <laughs> but it's the Peter Singer argument, which is that yeah. we have more money than anybody else, and we give away more money than we anybody else. We do give away more money than so anybody like, else. So it's like, yeah. that's just taking the little investment banker thing he said earlier. Yeah. Of, like, go be an investment banker on an individual scale and applying it to an entire society. To a nation state. And that's and what like, we're doing. And that's what we're doing. So all I'm saying is that, like... We're also raining death and yeah, whatever. destruction. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we all know that. We know. We got drone strikes. We got all the stuff. We got carbon. We got, we got all the good stuff. Yeah. So sure. Whatever. The point is, we give away that much money a year, every year, and, like... Without a doubt, that money goes to great causes, right? Some of that money went to the Clinton Foundation, so eh. yeah, it went to assassinations. <laughs> and, yeah. So I that I showed the Clinton Foundation, but there's a lot of other shit. There's no know. need to apologize. Yeah. To, who are you apologizing? I don't know. To? It's because some people Foundation? might take it personally or something. I don't know. Is that a um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wore it to the party. Um, I thought there was gonna be a big party. I was like, I'm gonna make a statement and wear a tool shirt. Uh, uh, anyways, off topic. The point is, okay, so we got $430 billion roughly are given away yeah. every year. Um, and now let's say, even as I say half of that is bad foundations. The point is it's like it goes and it makes, it no doubt makes impacts on people's lives, right? We know that, yeah. right? Someone gets some of that money. It goes to scholarships for kids or wells or who the hell knows. And it makes impacts on those lives and the utilitarian value of those is positive. The kind of like objective, like you could say like, uh, like religious kind of like soul like that, that if you ground your moral values in that side like yes yeah. lives souls are flourishing because of it yeah. whatever you can ground it like that and still souls that can live on in the service of our lord yeah whatever whatever you want to ground it in like it makes a difference and great but guess what no one noticed it the world is just as much of a shit show as it was last year why do you and, think I and so like so and and to what end can you say bloomberg is evil because he didn't make that number of that four hundred thirty billion dollar five hundred ten billion, and then now and now he's whatever and like, great and now like what he's good and we can move on with our lives and we can stop shitting on him we'll shit on somebody else and like where like what what did we accomplish so all right so I'll, 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 I can I, now that eighty billion would go to a good cause I'm, and I'm not saying it's not I just like it's it doesn't seem something seems off with that because I know for a fact we would all forget about it in a few years and like and now what and so. And what, what's the alternative? The fact of the matter is he's giving away most of this. Let, let me stop you for a second. All right. okay, let me finish the point, which is that there's two other things that without – instead of giving away all that money today, $80 billion today, and so that we could all give him a clap on the back and Peter Singer could be happy with him, he could do other things. For example, he could give away that money uh, bit by bit over time, right, whatever, uh, which he's 
seems to be doing to some degree. He could use that money on like political campaigns. Like he, if you if you're like a lefty, you could say it's great because he's going to spend all this money financing Democratic candidates for the next thirty years uh, until he croaks, and that's great. Okay. Or you could say, hey, actually, it turns out that capitalism is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the, the poor. Um, and, you know, if that's your flavor, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's a, whatever. But if that's your, or you could say, I'm going to go invest this in, in, in factories in China because clearly capitalism in China has lifted more people out of poverty than anything ever. I know. Else, ever. Sai loves China. So, you, always <laughs> so I'm just saying, whatever. It's like, you could say, like, Keeping his money in the flow of like capital finance available to be deployed for an investment, productive investment, might be a more far more ethical thing, right? Like, what if that's like, what if that eighty billion dollars is going and building like factories in Bangladesh and like people are getting like high quality jobs because of it? I don't know. I'm All just right, making shit me, up uh, here. Okay. But I, I hear I hear everything. I I agree. Okay. I agree so that's just my. I think there's. It's reasonable to say there is a reasonable. Claim. Your, your point. Let me. Let's try to. Let me. Can I try to. Re- Rearticulate yeah, yeah, what you just yeah. said. They were scattered. I, I can't. Yeah. I well, scattered. Let me just no. Not let me just see if I if I can just distill it down into uh, donating to charity is probably less effective than using that leveraging that money in a variety of other ways, be it public policy, be it you know business, be it investing, it, or even if it and it may even be better. It may even be better. That charity might be better. It may be better. It may be better, but it's it, it's it's difficult to say yeah. which is which is the right way to deploy that, um, and because of that ambiguity, uh, I don't and even the think fact it that in the ambiguity, and, and it's not even really. I mean, it's really that again, as you were articulating, I think before, if you look at all the progress the world has made, if you look at China lifting a bit a billion people out of poverty through, you know, most people would argue letting markets in, letting yeah. market like capital. State. We could just let's just say. Capitalism or, liberated a billion people out of out of poverty in China. Just to be whatever. Why not? Just a troll. Just a troll. But uh, some some variety. Capitalism of some variety. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> way more. That's way more of an impact than any dollar given to any charitable or- ever. organization ever would be. Now here's where I I think there is a pushback on that okay. claim. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think you know I agree that like if if I were to look back on human history and all the progress we made. And I think we already, we already went through it, but I think it's easy. I would also say that the greatest progress, the greatest like leaps forward, uh, you know, on the China kick, uh, would be from science, would be from political ideologies. No pun intended, of course. Yeah, no pun intended. Okay. And uh, uh, science, political ideologies, you know, cultural movements, social movements, um, you know, policy and like war and like these sorts of like impactful things have led us, you know, up and down on the sort of flourishing the curve, of, but overall of, we've gotten better. We've gotten better through time, and very little of that impact appears to be from charity. But I think from to go writing checks from writing checks to charitable organizations, or from reallocating gold, one way or in there from the yeah. from the rich to the poor. It's not coming from gold. It's yeah. Like it's, so I would I would make the argument though, and this kind of goes back to Lauren's point of of at a local level, that impact is very real and very meaningful to individuals living right now or at some lived experience in the past mm-hmm. and that charity and that sort of like human the first in order to do any of those bigger things in order to, to to operate on that level as an individual in order to contribute to the arc of progress as a species you first have to live right you first have to get through the day with enough food in your stomach and enough water in your body you and know shelter and, and shelter and like you know avoid disease mm-hmm. and just probabilistically, the more people you can like 
allow to, to not worry about those lower levels on the Maslow's hierarchy, right? And uh, those people go on to come up with those scientific ideas, to start those political movements, to start their small businesses, and to become the agents of capitalism only after they survive. And so that the effects of this $427 billion that Americans are donating every year, those effects are actually very meaningful and very real, but you can't possibly see it on the time horizon you're looking at because what you're doing when you donate $427 billion in 2020, the impact of that is a political revolution in 2080. You know what I mean? Or a, or a scientific breakthrough in 2070 because you, you were the first, like, you know, uh, just investment of capital into a local community. You helped modernize some road or, like, give people access to drinking water or something. Yeah. That later became, you know, some guy who grew up in that village with that water and didn't die of malaria goes on to become a computer science major and invent, invent the next Facebook right yeah. and become a billionaire or whatever or participate in political campaigns with his billions yeah so i think there is and again that's speculative that's completely speculative as well but when i agree that when you look at history you don't see charity having an impact i would say that the way it might be having an impact is it's either not and <laughs> it's just these things happen and uh or the impact of charity is just silent it's silent in the background and sort of the uh you know it's the the nucleus around which these sorts of larger moral progress can be can be stacked on. Yeah, I mean possibly, and I I think that's fair, and I think that it's speculative mechanic there, but it's completely realistic. I mean, um, you save more lives. Just look at it statistically, yeah, right? Like, like more people around living who can like think about do stuff. things more intelligently. Yeah, yeah. and like and contribute start, to an economy and contribute to like building up positive institutions in a country. Yeah, which, you know, positive feedback loops, and next thing you know, you've got oh. oh a positive story of some country making progress. Now, that's not to say if you keep if we donate $420 billion to Sudan every year that we're going to see yeah. a return necessarily on that investment in Sudan. Even. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? It could be refugees fleeing there or whatever. And it's, just like, but, and it's such a complicated story too because yeah. of course then you get into the practical mechanics of whatever. You know, like that specific story is great and of course some aid goes and it propagates the, you know, you know, it allows some dictator to continue for more years than he otherwise would have been able to continue because he's got you know aid flowing into his country. So it's you know it can get ugly. Are you talking time. about Israel or whatever? Whatever you want to pick, you can pick you can pick Egypt. You can pick whatever you want. Um, that's that's you know, oh, I fucking hate that chat, but we'll talk about that. Later. <laughs> we should do a podcast on 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 Israel, Israel Palestine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's let's lose the four listeners we have. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, it would be great because we both have so much, like, personal, like, stock in it. You know, both of us being Jewish yeah, and Palestinian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, whatever. Send it. That's the that's the idea of the podcast. So, digression, bet. stop. We're going back to what I was talking about, which is, I think that's true. I think also this, you know, interesting is, you know, aid and charity of this style is recent, modern, you know, post-war, right? Obviously, there was, I like... I Tithes were always a thing. Religious alms, yeah, religious alms were always, were always a but thing. you know, on this scale and of, of and this moral, claim, oh, I mean, the, the economy, the global economy was like different, you know, yeah. So I do think it's you know it's hard to say how aid has, you know, it's hard to measure how tithes have played out over time, for example, and it's hard to say. Obviously, like charity existed, I you know the, the yeah, charitable I mean, movement the one... came out of the industrial revolution. It's I, no, come on, no, no, no. I mean, come the on, modern, the modern, like, okay, yeah, you know, okay. I think it is true. You know, like I think like. In the industrialization, Dude, of, it's like, one of the five tenets of Islam. It's like I know <laughs> to give to the poor. You know, I like, know. Of course, there's always been that that's existed in every culture ever. But like modern, 
or at least what I would say is like modern kind of like technocratic charity. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like sure. Like, like that came that came alongside industrialization. People started saying like let's like set up like you know uh, oh charitable or organizations and yeah, pipelines and yeah, like let's go help the poor in this community and like those kind of like social organizations. as opposed to at a local level. Yeah, opposed to like you know as a I religious would, mechanism. I don't so that's new too. Uh, it's, yeah. So it's basically it's, what I'm trying to get at is that it's hard to say how like that the 400 billion that we've been donating every year for let's say the last decade has played out because you, like you said it's going to take years yeah um, I mean, probably it, one of the points restaurants make is that aid really has a suspect you know if you look at individual dollars sent to individual countries in individual cases there's a lot of probably positive stories but there's also a lot of really yeah disastrous track record <laughs> disastrous track record yeah. so it's you know which gets back to the my I think my claim is really not that, which is that Peter's is not that radical of a take, which is that Peter Singer's there is ethical virtue in charitable donations without a doubt, I think. Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, I agree. I don't know. I'm, I, it's not. I don't I think, think that's a radical that's a, claim. No, that's but not. what I think Peter Singer would say is that you it's unethical to not do so. Yes, and which I would say it seems to me that there's enough. Complexities in the in the in the quote utilitarian calculus, even within the realm of utilitarian, um, you know, assuming utilitarian calculus, even within that, does all these complexities we've just traced through suggest that it's there is no there's not a negative value to not donating. Well, for I, me, like for me, like I, I let me I, let me ask like you this. For me, my, me right now, like where I got case. money in the bank, yeah. I got money in my bank account. I could donate today. Simple. Let me do a simple case. Uh, it, would you say it's unethical? Let's say you know you work your ass off for another ten years and you start the next Bloomberg and you make a billion dollars or something. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Even a million dollars. Whatever. Peter Singer is looking for looking trying to get into your pockets no matter how much you make. So yeah, he's, uh, he's looking for my pockets today. He's in your pocket today, and so let's just say let's just yeah take your personal life. Take whatever you have in the bank and you just buried it. You just had, you cashed it all out of the bank and you just buried it in the ground. Yeah. Lived your life without it and died. Yeah. Right. And no, didn't tell anyone about it. And the paper bills decomposed underground. Yeah. Would you say that's unethical? No. You would not. I I, I cannot imagine that being unethical. No. Really? Because yeah, that's 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 say. pretty close to like to yeah. not put that well, money so that's to my, work. Okay, that's my instinctual. That's my instinct. Okay, so that's my instinct. It's like, how can I possibly say this? I'm not even saying like, yeah, million yeah. aside, but just like today, yeah, like I got five thousand like, bucks in the bank. I can just like fucking. Because I understand if you're like, listen, I want to make you want to make an argument about like, oh, I want to use it to be a start my own business or buy a home. Or, or like, or I want to like live my live my life. I want to participate go, like, in my local community or like whatever. whatever. Like there's I'm, a million ethical arguments ways ways you could spin but ethical just arguments. Not for, using it at all. Not using it at all. Abstaining from the use of your money. Like taking out. Well, you know, taking out the money supply might. Everyone else's money's worth more yeah is and, that is that the argument yeah, i mean utilitarians would say yeah on average you you add up all the i did donate ten thousand dollars it just spread out across every other bill in the world yeah <laughs> you gave every other US i gave every single <laughs> every person US dollar. a fractional <laughs> a fraction of my and it adds up to ten thousand dollars and hey i donated it so please don't at me <laughs> but right so i get you my of course. So my, really, actually, so we just found the most effective altruistic it, 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 thing you can do. Take is just, money and destroy money. Take. Hey, I'm trying to rage. Against, listen, I'm trying to rage against the machine here. <laughs> what what better way to actively participate in the economy and suck money out of it and just destroy the money? Every everyone go yeah. home and burn a twenty dollar bill and then write that off on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> like you can, you can yeah. just burn cash and yeah. uh, and use it as a tax. Deduction. If everybody if everybody burned their money. 
the money you saved would be worth so much more. If all the billionaires took all their money out in dollars and just lit giant bonfires, the machine would melt. It like money would stop being worth anything. It would be chaos. It would be chaos. What do you mean? No, money would be worth a lot. No, because like clearly no one. It just it would just the whole world would spiral into (laughs) chaos. The dollar stops being. Are you mean the fiction of the dollar? Yeah, yeah, yeah people just, stop believing in money. As a concept. Start, everybody just you, all we all agree. It's like we're done with this shit. And burn so, it and like chaos. It so, would be yeah. so if I'm you know maybe I'm seeding the revolution there by by burying my dollars. Um, I think you're doing your part, and I think. But you I, know, and I also have my instinctual like reactionary you know libertarianism going on. This is like how dare you tell me I'm unethical when I haven't done shit to you? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Which is I haven't done shit to you. Right? As long as I don't, yeah. Which. No, sure. Granted, libertarianism is like, oh, but like, there's something there. There's something there too. Yeah, there's I, something I, there without a we doubt. We can do the exact same it's conversation. Just allowing hard, allowing harm versus doing harm. Yeah, and, and and it's like, how can you, you know, given the infinite awfulness of the world that will always exist. Sorry. But that shouldn't. The world is here. tragic. It will always be tragic. There's going to be death and suffering and chaos from now until the fucking universe explodes, okay? But that fact and guess what? change the morality of individual actions. No, I don't agree. I completely agree. But, like, how can it be wrong for me to take my $10,000 and not give it to charity? Given that fact, that scientific fact that I just laid out, which is the, it's just suffering and tragedy from now until the, when the sun explodes... Because um, on one side... And, and I take my $10,000 out of the bank, and I don't give it to charity. I go buy a sailboat, and I go sail the world for the rest of my days, and I, like, have a nice life. Yeah. Like, utilitarian calculus. Tell me, like, how anything has changed. Yeah, you're a bad person. I'm a bad person because I've just, like, yeah, not got... bothered with anybody. Never yeah. bothered anybody. Just yeah. left, you know, left the world. So your the argument would be the... Like, uh, that, but you're that not a bad person. It means the act itself is immoral. I think that we... Yeah, that's fair. I always check like that's this. Parsing, that's parsing. Yeah, that's good. Really yeah. Important because that's my like, Christian upbringing. People, like, it, just because you do something bad doesn't mean you're a bad person. I think that, you know, when you're discussing these, like, moral questions, you're weighing, like, certain specific actions against, like, you know, what options you have. So, like, in that instance, when you're choosing to buy a sailboat with this, like, you know... Pile of money? I mean... With this lens that we're looking at it with, the implicit question is, like, are you doing this to better other people or are you doing this to better yourself? Oh, no, it's totally for myself. It's totally hedonistic. That specific act in itself is immoral when compared to giving or giving the money away. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you, as, you know, Simon McKeady, are a bad person. Granted, but let's just no say... No one likes the, taking that label. Maybe... No, I mean, I'm happy to wear it if that's the case, but what I'm saying is it seems weird that the three of us here are, like... Immoral people? Not... Wouldn't it be, but maybe we're not immoral not people. Just... Maybe we're not... Maybe we're not immoral people, per Lauren's point. But the fact of the matter is that day in and day out for the entirety of our adult conscious lives, we have... Every single day taken, every single act has yeah. been immoral. Like that's what I was gonna say. So which that's why I kind of if, if every single act. That's why I kind of I mean, simplify every, it to every like dollar, your, every every dime I spend money, I'm not donating. And I could be spending it on less. Like I, you know, like I, I eat out, I drink. I, if I, if I abstain from drinking, God, I'd have a, a God. I probably, the amount of money I spend on liquor, Jesus. <laughs> so like. You know, or, yeah, or like I mean, skiing, or I like hiking. That's like that's a I valid take, argument. I, I think that it's a valid argument which, that the surplus of money that Americans spend on themselves 
and like luxury. I know. Is, so, like, so, it is but, but so it's not just it's you. It's me. It's all of us. All of us. Are we, are we, so you just threw out that refinement that was you're not a bad person. It's that yeah. each act is unethical. But yeah. I think to size point, and this is why I was just simplifying it and saying like we're all bad people because if every single decision you make. You choose instead of donating. You you make the unethical choice. But you're not counting all of the good things all of us do it day in day out. You know we're just we're know focusing what, on this like yeah, one sure. thing where we're spending money on things and not giving that financial support fair. to something else. But there are lots fair. of things yeah, that fair. all of us okay. do every day. Okay. All right. Day all right. So your point's a hundred percent then. So, so fine. We're all good people who make an unethical decision every day yeah, by not allocating our resources. I think a lot of people look to America and identify that. I think a lot of people are like, I think, hey, well, Americans I think the size point they want to be this. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I think. Sure. But a lot. I mean, not all of them want to be us. Like a lot of people have a lot of disdain for Americans. And that's my experience being abroad, is that a lot of people look at us and are like, what the hell is going on there? And a lot of people think that Americans are really selfish, because in compared to other cultures, we really do kind of act in an individualistic way that just isn't, But I, I but, let's, you know? let's, but like, any, is, does this, this, this singer-style giving permeate at any sort of consistent, like, large-scale level in any other society anywhere? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, Especially when I, you live I, in like rural communities in uh, you know more of the developing countries, like people put their whole families on their back, right? Yeah, and like, even hunter-gatherer society was based on inequality of outcome more or less, right? Because everything was at a local level then, so there was a sense of like you 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 know yeah, the only die. people yeah, so, hoarding okay, their money so I guess is, like the people in power. I mean, I totally I. T- Modernity is not built on that concept. Yeah, so that's what I'd say. I'd guess anyone... And that's what any we're, we society, are children of modernity. Yeah, any society... In the, if you, anybody can find me a society that's out of, like, I guess, that has, for better or for worse, transcended, like, kind of small-scale tribal communities, right? Why are you excluding them, though? Well, because I'm saying, if I'm, I'm not... Maybe they are... They, maybe, they, maybe they do have this in place, in which case, like, great... You but can like, function like that, yeah. Sure, but like, okay, the fact of the matter is, like, ninety-nine percent of the world exists in modernity. That's not true. Okay, so some large proportion, right? Like, but a large portion also still, like, a, a huge part of a huge portion of the population still lives in po- below the poverty line. I don't know, but they're know? still living in modernity. Though. They're still living in slums. They're living in like. So what the point is like? Yeah, they're not in the hunter-gatherer yeah. community society. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, what I'm saying is like, like developing world. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, but like, even the developing world, they're 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 the victims of modernity in many cases. But they're not living in this like communitarian. Everyone has like the equal outcome. They are on a local level, probably. There probably I, is I, a lot more of that. There is a lot more. Like for example, like I don't think like you know India, right? You take any given country and there's inequality within any given country, and nowhere in any country, any political entity in this world, in which. And and there and, and each one of these political entities there exists inequality of wealth to varying degrees, right? India, China, Mongolia, you know, whatever. Name your country. Nowhere is this being practiced on a large scale. Yeah. Right. So there's no place for. What? You know what I'm saying? Like you go go to uh, Nigeria, we were talking about, or, or Sudan, or any country, whether it's modern and sophisticated first world country like the United States or the West or whatever, or if it's, you know, a developing country or whatever, the worst, the wor- a developing country in the worst conditions possible. If you're talking about large scale, meaning like it's, it's ex- executed on like the political level? No, no but like even on the, even on the, like the cultural level, 
I like, think that I think a lot of the places that you mentioned do execute that on the cultural. I level. think they do too. That's my point. Actually, that is like my where, experience really? traveling. Yeah, is that there is, really much there, there is much more of a communitarian vibe yeah. to life, but people it is on a local level. But it's it's on a local like, level. It's not so it's like yeah, you but think it's can, not like the people in it's like on a local level because that's all they can afford to give. I know. Sure, you know what well, I mean? I think if, if if you're talking about local level, I think you're defeating. I think the point. I think that almost points us back. Away from Peter Singer, and that means make your community in the United States is like yeah, like no, positive I, I, as possible. I don't, but I what? think what we're missing here is that like the reason that we are able to even discuss these like crazy hypotheticals about like going to Africa and like giving all of our billions dollars away <laughs> yeah. is like is because crazy. we live in such a, a privileged culture. Yeah. yeah. Like these people that we're talking about, for sure. You know, we're saying on a local level, it's like these people don't have money to even get their own flight to another country, let alone give all of this money away to like other places that are further away from themselves. Like, they give what they can to the people who are around them because that is their reality. Sure. I agree. At a, at a local level. But, like... <laughs> and and but so why? Lauren's saying that because we are sort of higher up on the economic totem pole, that we the ethical to, scale is a little higher for us. We have to graduate from local? We have to graduate from local, yeah. They wouldn't even have... They wouldn't even be able to, like... But in their, these well, hypotheses would be crazy in other countries. To even laugh at No, I don't think that's true. Like, I think there's someone... Okay, sure. In certain areas, in this, but there's definitely some community of people in every country who this, in which the hypothetical that we're discussing is applicable. Sure, if you want like, to find the exception to prove the rule, that's fine. What, which, that, I, I, what I'm saying is that like, go to, like, name a country. Let's name a country. Name Let's a country. use Sudan. That's what Sudan. we used before. Like, so in Sudan, the largest city in Sudan, I don't know, is it Karhutum? How do you say Karhutum? Tum? It's Khartoum? Khartoum. Is that how you spell, say it? So. I don't know how to say it. I think I, it's Khartoum. Read in. Khartoum. I think that's the capital. Is that the capital? I think it's the biggest city. You're not. You're not talking to a Sudanese okay. expert. Okay. Right? I don't. I'm not a Sudanese expert. All I know is that it's like whatever. So, so presumably, there's people in the upper echelons of society in Khartoum that have money. Someone has money there. It's a fact. There are wealthy people relative They're, to the Sudanese relative. economy. Relative. It's, it's all relative, of course. Yeah. I, I know. God sure. knows. Uh, um. Now, to your point, there are communities. Probably lots of them, lots of communities, that within those communities locally, those this this kind of ethic exists. Yeah, and just permeates the culture, or just exists effortlessly. This question is moot because, of course, it exists locally. Now, but graduating from that into the cities, wherever they exist in Sudan, there's inequality and there's people with surplus incomes, and I would be shocked to find that. That outside of that local community, like secluded community, like tribal community, uh, whatever you want to describe it as, that like small scale living that I think whatever, uh, outside that small scale living in which you can, that, that culture does permeate, outside of that, once you get into this, that where we live, modernity, that no longer exists. It just like is, it, it is incompatible. And I would be surprised to find that ethic existing so, in any, I mean, any, any such city, any such what is, culture is your, anywhere. Is your yeah, I know. Is your point that the, the wealthy people in Sudan are not... Practicing this? Not practicing this, are not contributing yeah, I, and, their and, wealth? Well, I agree I, on that point. Which, yeah. is, which is what I, I guess... I get The point was that like anywhere you go in the world, this is this this ethic doesn't exist. Once you get a certain level of wealth. Well, and, and, or, or, yeah, and once you get to a certain level of like... Because as wealth increases... Yeah, so I, I don't eat the rich. Hashtag think, eat the rich. I don't That's think what I'm well, saying. I guess, yeah. it's well, an more, I guess the argument we were having was that is it is it unique to like American culture? And it's like 
I, I think it's unique to Western culture. I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's, it's, I, I don't think it's unique to American culture. I don't think it's unique to Western culture. Just like wealth in general. I think it's probably wealth or some something similar to wealth uh, development. Um, and you know, I just wonder how much Western culture has influenced. Yeah, you can make the argument that Western culture is the, is where capitalism came from, and therefore wealth, and therefore. You know, back in like the Mayan civilizations, people were like sacrificing. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's to, not just the argument culture. gets weird once you get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, immora immorality is beyond. It transcends Western culture, obviously. <laughs> um, but I do think I would argue. My point is that I don't. I think it is really much a function of like development. Yeah. Right. Or like some sort of like st you know we we find ourselves in this like state of alienation from our local community, and we start to say, well, what obligation <coughs> do I have to like a generic person? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I guess the way I, well, let me just, the, so to get back to you on the sailboat, because yeah, we, we started from that, yeah. but, but I want, I want us to say, it seems like you're, you're the libertarian sort of underpinnings of, you know, a life on a sailboat being perfectly reasonable and yeah. not a ethical crime. Uh, the argument would be that life is generally pretty tough for most people. There's a lot of bad shit going yeah. on out there in the, in the world. Uh, there's a lot of violence, disease, death, and poverty, and all sorts Tragedy, of things. Yeah, and so, yeah. in that context, a life—if you spend your whole life not suffering. interacting with people, not causing them harm—you are net making the world a better place. Yeah. So, if you believe that the most people are causing harm in some way or another, and you, as a libertarian, are out there not, then you are probably by the default calculus. you are in an ethical. Place so yeah. being on a sailboat, removing, spending ten thousand on a sailboat to your for yourself, <laughs> sailing away, not hurting anyone, yeah, 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 and and probably causing. I mean, a, even a utilitarian would say that you're you're a joy at every bar you stop at along the way. So you are spreading <laughs> laughter and happiness pop, along, yeah, along pop, the way, yeah, but yeah. far and wide, you know, using that 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 money to quote selfishly, you know, yeah. live a, a life fulfilled in your own individual estimation way. of what that means. Yeah. That's perfectly. That's a perfectly ethical place to be. I is I, it though? Is it though? I mean, I guess that that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Peter Singer would say that. I think Peter he Singer might would not. Say that. He might not. That's sort of and, like, and you know what? It's I think, way more ethical to stay working and donate all your money to. It's way more ethical. It's way more difficult. To, yeah. Probably as well. I mean, and, so it, that's what tells me like something's wrong though. That's why I know something's wrong because it doesn't. It's difficult. No, that that it's that, against. Like, it's counter to like the lives most people live. And I guess, yeah. I mean, which I mean, is like, like kind like of most a, people aren't like living that way. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough argument to make because it's like, well, maybe most people are moral. Sure, sure. Um, it's just like if you're in the if you're in the uh, like we could I, be doing better lane, yeah. and you want and you want it to be better than it is right now, to the extent that that's something you care about, yeah, right? Because I guess maybe that's what that's it is. it. Is like it, if, if you it's, think, it's only unethical if you're going to go around while also selling complaining about the world, that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like if your if your <laughs> thing is, I mean, because you know if you're personal ethic or moral got like light you know that you're following in your own lived experiences you know i just want to like experience the world uh find joy like make friends uh discover new truths and uh just reflect on my existence that's my moral calculus i'm living by then it's a perfectly reasonable way to live your life if you're if you're in the i want to make an impact lane yeah uh and i want the world to be better yeah then i don't know if that lifestyle is oh, necessarily I, cutting it. Yeah, right? I don't think it is. And I, I don't think I, it is. I, I don't, and that's I just think something. that would be it would be very hard to argue for the like the positive ethical value ethical value. Yeah. But then again, 
that person would never do that. Yeah, that person <laughs> would wouldn't argue that they're making an ethical impact. They wouldn't, if they, no, they're if just they like, wanted, I'm just trying to be happy, man. Yeah. I'm fun, yeah. yeah, no one who actually believes that, that they, they want to make the world a better place, would ever think that they're going to do it by, like, disappearing onto a cell phone. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I think that would be, like, a tooth. Yeah, I think, yeah. So, yeah, it is. Which brings up an interesting point, which is maybe the, you know, these ethical codes, ethical virtues, moral... I don't even know the difference between morals and ethics are anyways. Ethics so. are just morals practiced. Okay. Yeah. Um, whatever. The point being, most of these things seem to be relative, even though we don't like moral relativism, um, I guess. We're, we're post-moral relativism. Yeah. We're so all, we're we, actually relative we're, we on, all our, on our, you know, it's relative whether it's you want to be a moral relativist or a moral absolutist. It's yeah. all relative. It's all right. Yeah, everyone has their own relative amount of absolutism yeah. and relativism at the same time. So no one wants to mess with that. Everybody thinks their ideas are right, even though they know they're relative. And um, really the only thing that matters is that it's consistency within, you know, your, your ethical choices relative to your own, you know, view of the world, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, leaving out an ethic... And I think it's only positive or negative insofar as it ties out with your own conception of, like, the ethics of the world. Personally. I think that's a, I think that's a good place to that's leave like it. That's, like, relativism, though. Yeah. I'm all, I'm just total anti-relativism, dude. I'm all about God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only place to find anti-relativism is, like, like belief in God. But that's fine. I, I don't know. There's, there's a... We could get into that. Because I, I find myself to be... Of sort of relative absolutist on morals. Well, I know you and don't I, want to be a relativist, but I know you are. I, like, I'm, I'm a, I, I would be more like a relative absolutist. Okay, okay. we're going to have to save we'll that get, for another episode. Yeah. How to be a relative absolutist yeah. and why it's not absurd. It's not absurd. It's not absurd. It's a perfectly consistent <laughs> philosophy if you don't think about it too much. It's, it's yeah, as simple as that. Perhaps that's the key. Sedation is the yeah. key to positive ethical value. Okay, well, you know, ethics... The, Ethic conversations are good, but they tend to devolve. Yeah. Uh, they well, I don't know. I think this is productive. I think we. I feel. I feel. I feel like yeah. I don't know if I'm a better person because of it. Well, yeah. You, but it sounds like you never were to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that's the conclusion. Is. <laughs> uh, all right. That was that. Playing games, it's always been this way, it's always been this way. And